Hello and welcome to History Factory Plugged In. I'm Jason Dressel and thanks for tuning in. On this episode, we are going to get ready for Memorial Day, which is Monday for those of you who have become completely untethered uh, and have lost your sense of time and have no grasp of what month we're in. And we're going to find out more about the history of Memorial Day, the story behind one of our country's most somber holidays, and why it is the best time of the year to buy a mattress. Also, on this episode, we are going to talk about a new exciting project that we've been working on here at History Factory, the COVID-19 Corporate Memory Project. Bruce Weindrick, our founder and CEO, and I are going to talk about the project and how it may be a helpful resource for you and how you can help support it. But don't worry, it's free. We're not asking for any money. So more on that in a bit. And we have a new mystery company. This company is only four years old, but it is making history in the food industry. It just became available in retail channels last year and just developed its first direct-to-consumer distribution channel this year so folks can now buy the product without having to go to a restaurant. But we will come back to this mystery company in a bit. First, let's start with the origins of Memorial Day. And it's funny because I don't know about you, but beginning the week of March 9th, when life changed here in the U.S., suddenly time got super slow. I made the comparison, and I've heard others make it as well, that March was the slowest month since September 2001. And March just seemed to go on forever. But April was kind of a blur. And now here we are with the unofficial start of summer with Memorial Day weekend. And I was surprised to learn that Memorial Day is a relatively young official federal holiday, given its history and who we are honoring and memorializing. Memorial Day was actually not declared a national holiday until 1971, even though its origins go back to 1868, when it was originally called Decoration Day and honored Union and Confederate soldiers who had died in the Civil War. The decoration name referred to the decoration of soldiers' graves. Naturally, and perhaps predictably, various towns in both the North and the South claim to have begun Decoration Day, so there's no consensus on where and how it exactly started. We found at least 25 cities from New England to Florida to Texas have claimed being the birthplace of Memorial Day. But by the end of the 19th century, Memorial Day ceremonies were being held on May 30th around the country, and states passed proclamations designating the day for observance. It was later expanded after World War I to include soldiers who had died in all wars. Now, like all holidays, Memorial Day now has a big commercial aspect to it, for better or worse. Historically, May marks a rise in consumer spending, according to Gallup, which probably makes sense when you consider tax returns and people getting out more and also the spring and summer home buying seasons. Consumer Reports says that May is the best time of the year to buy a mattress, a gas grill, a vacuum, and products for upgrading the outside of your home, like a roof or siding. And of all these goods and services, Memorial Day is when mattresses really have their moment above all. The majority of Americans who are going to move do so between May and August, and apparently the three-day Memorial Day weekend is when people like to get out there for the mattress shopping. Because even in this online shopping world that we now live in, let's face it, there are some things that you just still need to go out and test drive in person. Memorial Day is also historically a big travel weekend. 
Last year, the American Automobiles Association reported that 43 million Americans traveled, which honestly, I kind of found to be surprising given that most schools are normally still in session. And finally, it's a big weekend and holiday for beer and barbecue. Uh, Less surprising, right? It's the second top period of the year for beer sales behind July 4th. And it is also the second biggest weekend for grilling behind July 4th. 60% of Americans generally plan to barbecue over Memorial Day weekend, which also explains why there's 25% more fires on average caused by cooking at home over Memorial Day weekend. And it also explains why there's typically about $1.5 billion in sales of meat and seafood, and incidentally, why May is National Barbecue Month. But obviously this Memorial Day, like everything else this year, may be a little different for a lot of us. AAA is not even issuing a travel forecast for the first time in 20 years, but stated they are expecting travel volume to be a record low. And while many stores will be open, many of us are probably not quite there yet at the point where we'd want to go into a store and test drive a mattress. Large gatherings at parks or beaches will also be avoided by many of us as most of us continue to social distance. And while you can still cook and shop from home, there's also the meat situation. If you're planning to barbecue this weekend, whether you're making a lot or even a little, you may find that you're going to have a hard time getting the beef, pork, or chicken that you ideally want. Given the disruptions in the meat industry supply chain due to COVID, Most major retailers like Kroger, Giant Eagle, Costco, Hy-Vee, and H-E-B are limiting the quantity of meat that you can purchase. So this weekend may be the time that you have to augment or substitute the meat on the grill with some portobello mushrooms or a Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger. In fact, a recent Gallup poll found that one in four Americans are eating less meat and health is cited as the number one reason. This spring, according to Nielsen, sales of plant-based meat products have been up 265% compared to last year, while meat sales are up 39%. So to that point, let's go back to our mystery company. This four-year-old company just did a deal with Kroger, which is going to put their flagship product in 1,700 stores in 28 states and help put the company on pace to increase its retail footprint 50-fold over 2019 when the company first entered the retail channel. The company is Impossible Foods, and their product, of course, is their Impossible Burger. Impossible Foods has also incidentally developed its first direct-to-consumer distribution channel through Cheetah, the San Francisco-based e-commerce company that delivers wholesale groceries and supplies to consumers, restaurants, and businesses. And the company has also set up resources on its website where you can support your local restaurants and find restaurants in your area that carries Impossible Burgers. And that's a good segue to the COVID-19 Corporate Memory Project, which has been a new pro bono venture that the team here at History Factory has worked on over the last few weeks. The project, which can be found at c19corporatememory.org, is capturing, curating, and archiving how corporations are responding to the pandemic in real time. Um, Look, there's no shortage of COVID content out there, but this site is focused exclusively on documenting the actions and decisions of how leading corporate enterprises are responding and tracking the history of this moment through the lens of business. When the site launched this week, it had more than 300 articles and communications assets, 
So if you're like many of our clients and peers and you're hungry to monitor what other companies and brands are doing during this time, check out the site. The site also provides access to content organized in four categories, leading in a crisis, the changing nature of work, service and community, and fighting the pandemic. Content is also broken down by several industries, including financial services, telecommunications, healthcare, retail, technology, business services, manufacturing, and hospitality and travel. The site includes trending stories, a timeline of events, and a dashboard of key statistics. Also, we could use your help to continue to make this site as rich as possible and a long-term archival resource of this moment in history. If you work for a large corporate enterprise, we encourage you to upload content about your company's decisions and actions, help others in the business community, and to be a part of history. So here to talk a little bit more about the project is Bruce Weindrick, History Factory's founder and CEO. Bruce, how are you? All right, man. How are you? Doing good. Hanging in there. Uh, we are uh, just on the, uh, the eve here of launching our, our new initiative, the COVID-19 Corporate Memory Project. And obviously, this has been a project we've worked on over the last few weeks and has been something I think that we're quite excited about. And um, as you and I well know, um, we've kind of developed a playbook here in terms of how History Factory responds to moments in crisis over our last 40 years. And I'm curious on how you would characterize this project uh, really in terms of kind of the context of the history of our business and uh, what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you know, and you're absolutely right. We've actually taken the time to look at the timeline. And uh, I think back, <laughs> I'm able to still think back over the n a number of those responses. Um, the, this one clearly, uh, in terms of the, um, and it's, it simplifies it to call them moving parts, um, but the moving parts are absolutely, uh, uh, I mean, exponential compared to what we had to deal with during downturns before. Uh, if you'll remember, we came up with Story Arc during the 2008-2009 period. Uh, we came up with uh, some archival uh, software back in 1988. Uh, we came up with uh, some interesting things in 2000. This is just, in terms of um, the complexity, in terms of the technology, what you've accomplished, in terms of the fact that no one, including our support vendors, you know, everyone was working remotely. Uh, so it wasn't like we we're all in the same room. Uh, it, in terms of the speed in which it's been done, um, it's completely, completely, like I said, exponentially different. Having said that, the basic underlying principles, whether it be, you know, our ability to, to, to recognize and tell a story, our ability to meditate data, our ability to even embrace new technologies, which we've always been able to do, it just gets amplified in this, in this, in this instance uh, in, in all the things we do. But having said that, it might be exponential, but there's a lot more of us. Uh, there's a lot more of us who now have a, I would argue, a, um, a shared memory. Uh, and that shared memory, interestingly enough, doesn't have to be 20 years like you. We have people on the team who their shared memory with us is literally, they don't even remember the last downturn. They don't remember 2008, 2009. But the tools that we pick up on each one of those uh, 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 
downturns or each one of those challenges become just part of the way we do things. So what that enables you to do is have a group of people who are working remotely, who are working with with pretty sophisticated technology, who are working with lots of content to all be on the same page when they started. That's how they were able to get to a place that was farther along because you all started at a different place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point, it comes back to um, it's about content, right? And how do we, you know, create the tools and resources to help capture that content to enable better access to it, um, to enable people to interpret it, and then obviously uh, build it in a way where it can be preserved uh, for generations. And um, I think what's, what's a little bit different uh, to your point about this one also is that, you know, there's been other events that have felt historic, but this feels just like one of those really big universal moments, not like, you know, not dissimilar to what we've seen in our clients history with a world war two or a great depression. It has that feeling of just scale in terms of how significant it is. Um, and as you know, uh, our team built this project around four primary collections of content um, leadership in terms of how organizations are responding and leading during this crisis, uh, the changing nature of work in terms of how they're having to adapt, uh, as you just described, um, service and community in terms of the impact of how uh, the corporate sector is helping uh, give back and uh, improve and serve their communities, and uh, business on the front lines in terms of how they are helping uh, fight the pandemic and help find uh, treatment for it. And uh, just curious, what have been some of your favorite stories that we've unearthed thus far and have included on the site? Yeah, and, and it's, it's actually fun reading through them um, what might have been a week ago, given the speed. It seems like a month ago. Yeah, and, and you know, it's just really interesting seeing the continuum uh, of stories. One of my favorite, and it's only because probably I'm a car guy. We've talked about this in the past. Wrote my senior thesis in college about automobile dealers. I'm a car guy. I love cars, and so you know, uh, I, I I don't know if we've had too much Elon Musk in there, but the one that I really like was the new Mustang uh, engineers who are doing their work from their garages at home. So they took these prototype, and first of all, it's a new Mustang. I mean, this thing is an electronic car. It's got four doors. Mustang never had four doors. It's yeah. gonna have 420. It's, nice yeah. it's a it's, it's crossover. It's it's gonna go, it's got, it's got everything you loved about the Mustang kinda DNA. And then they, they're doing it at home. So they're dealing with highly sophisticated electronic cars that are being run by all kinds of computers, and they're doing it at their houses, number one. So then you think back, okay, so Henry Ford, right? He, he, we had to be working in his little garage, right? So here they are fast-forwarding, bringing forward a, a, a you know, a, a, a stable of their, of their, of their, of their, of uh, their, line up the Mustang itself, a, a kind of a cultural icon working in their garage at home, doing things like figuring out how the computer is going to act on the thing, figuring out how the, the various uh, you know pieces are going to work together, figuring out how it's going to drive. I think that is one of the most remarkable stories. And it also brings home the really important point. How often in big, big manufacturing companies like Ford, do you actually get to see the people? the actual yeah. people who are doing the work that in itself is to me a remarkable thing. So that's clearly one of my favorite stories in there. Yeah. 
Another one I really, another one I really like about people, and you know, you mentioned the, all those things. I'm, I, I, and, and by the way, how do these things align with what we know as the character and culture of the company? I mean, I would argue there's no company more empowered to send people back to their garages to work on cars than Ford. I mean, that's just where they came from. Another one that I think was just so much, it is so much in alignment, is uh, Levi's. And what, what is it? The, is it the red tag? Is I think they call it. Yeah, their foundation. Yeah, they, they they've had a very deep, and they have to, because employ, you know the Levi culture is all about people and all you know everything from you know their their, their founding story all the way through to the way they've always been tied to to movements and cultural movements and fashion movements. And that's just they're all about people and culture. And so their employee culture is very involving. It's very West Coast. And so they really took their, their challenge, particularly for their workforce, for their retailers, for their, for their uh, sources, for their, for their vendors, and took it really, really seriously. And what I thought was so interesting about it was they then shared it with anyone who wants to go online and understand how their playbook is working. They went online and said, you want to understand how we're doing it? You're inspired by it? Take it. And, you know, you take a look at what we're doing. Granted, we're not on the front lines, uh, you know, doing, doing you know, dr- dr- drug exploration for vaccines. But in terms of what we're trying to do for the community, what we're trying to do for our companies, what we're trying to do for our people, um, our project has been pretty much reflecting uh, our culture as what we can do for others. And I think Levi's was remarkable that way. Yeah. What, what would you like to see happen as a result of the memory project? Well, you know, again, I, we talk about this a lot. I, I've always been intrigued by the fact of how, how we need to learn so much more quickly from history. We can't afford, we can't afford to wait. The greatest thing for me would be if we can get learnings of our clients, if the people who visit it, if the people who spend time on it, if they can get a learning, if they can come out of there and say, whoa, I got an insight here. I got an insight how I can work better with my people. I can work better with my community. I can prepare better for this in the future. I can have a, I can, I can have a product that, that, that is better, whatever. That's what I hope happens because, as I always say, it took hundreds of years to write the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Uh, and we can't afford that anymore. Uh, the, I want the learnings to be accelerated by this thing. And what I'm hoping comes out of this thing is the people who then go through that process will have maybe uh, an epiphany that not only do we need to be doing this when there's a crisis, maybe we ought to be doing this as we meet the opportunities going out the other side. So I think the real, what I hope is that number one, there'll be that immediate epiphany and value for someone or an organization because an organization is changed by one someone. And what I do hope is, as we move the other side, as they get back into, get back into the groove and, and have to innovate their way out of this thing, then, then I hope it really, really proves. I'd much rather see us helping people respond to opportunities and challenges. It's just, just by nature. I'm more of an optimist that way. But having said that, I don't view the methodology. I don't view the site as being any more relevant to one or the other. It's just a use of heritage. Uh, uh, to, to make something happen. 
Yeah. Well, and also I think the notion of sort of stepping up as we've talked about and getting people to contribute to the site. Um, I know you and I were talking recently about uh, a study you had read on earning calls, right? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Again, this is the use of big data, but they're now analyzing the, 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 the word clouds in, in earnings calls. And, and other than the word unprecedented times, which I think is probably the most overused word, the other word that's being used more in, in earnings calls is how proud we are that our people are stepping up. You see it in almost every earnings call. Um, it's also interesting to see that no one is willing to kind of bet what the future is going to be like either. You, you, there's very little in the SoundCloud where anyone's making any predictions. But uh, in the in in the word cloud, people stepping up. And if you look at uh, if you look at 99% of what we're seeing on on your memory site, it's just that. That is that's the unifier. It's the story of people stepping up. But then you go back to World War II, and then you go back to World War I, then you go back to 9-11, then you go all the way. This, this is what it's about. Yeah, great. Well, yeah, and I think in, in that spirit, in our own modest way, we're really proud of how our folks stepped up to make this site happen. Uh, we do hope that it's going to be a resource uh, for the uh, corporate communications and marketing uh, community. And uh, hopefully the folks listening will have the opportunity to uh, spend some time on the site, find it valuable, and submit some content to it as well to make it a uh, richer resource for their peers. So thank you, Bruce. Um, in the spirit of unprecedented times and stepping up, uh, we've got Memorial Day uh, weekend uh, this weekend. And uh, I think that uh, vegetables and uh, meat substitutes are going to have to step up because there's just not enough meat out there. Uh, you can't buy uh, tons and tons of chicken or tons and tons of pork chops or, or burgers. So if you're, if you're planning on having uh, you know, a social distance uh, barbecue with friends and family this weekend or just hoping to grill enough that you've got uh, some leftovers going into next week, uh, you might not be able to make that happen. Um, so I know, obviously, you're a vegetarian now. So what's your plan and what's on your uh, grill this weekend? Well, you know, uh, it, it's, I'm very lucky, you see. Uh, I didn't even have to hoard Beyond Beef meat. I already, I already had it, Beyond Meat sausages. Uh, already had it. Uh, my wife, now there are kind of uh, uh, OEMs, people who are using Beyond Meat, starting to prepare new things. So they're, they're, my wife is trying to track down at the moment, a, uh, a, a unfortunately, it's only at the big box stores like the, the uh, Costco's. And we live in the city and we don't really have those things. But there's now a meatball out there so it has all the seasoning, a very well-known meatball that has Beyond Meat in it. Uh, so we're, we're trying to track down some meatballs. Uh, we're always, I'm always looking, obviously, to, and you know, I don't need, look, I don't need to eat, I, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old carnivore, uh, grew up in the Midwest. You know, if it swims or flies, we don't want it. We were pork and meat. <laughs> but, 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 but having said that, I don't need to, I don't need to replace it. But I'll be really honest with you. When you talk about a holiday, if you're not grilling a burger, if you're not having a meatball sub, or whatever it is, uh, so yeah, that's on the the other thing we do here. And you know, I don't know, living in the nation's capital, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just a constant reminder when you drive. And I go to the airport. Used to go to the airport quite a bit, uh, a couple times a week. And you, you, you know, you drive right past Arlington Cemetery, and 
I don't know. When, when it's like living near a battlefield. When you when you go by those things, you're constantly reminded. You know what is the particularly when you see acres and acres and acres of crosses. Then you kind of it kind of drives you home. So I've always felt that that it's a little more solemn here in D.C. Mm. Um, because of it. Yeah. Um, and so in some ways, we take advantage of just being here, being in D.C., being you know being to kind of think about uh, what made uh, the country. And I don't mean that like Pollyannish. It's just, it's a reminder where we live. Um, it's also sometimes given the times we live in, it's a little bit of a burden. Uh, but having said that living in DC, you, when you barbecue, you're out, you're in a city that's very, very close to what really Memorial Day is all about. Yeah. And also when you're in a city, uh, you're not obviously as many, uh, uh, retail uh uh shopping you know, strip strip malls uh so by your nature you don't you don't have a lot of mattress stores and uh mattress stores as i've learned are the number one seller of memorial day weekend so to your point being in the city being near uh, Arlington national cemetery and not being near mattress stores uh you probably have a little bit more of an authentic uh, uh grasp on memorial day than many of us Oh, that's, that's very, very, very true. And, and by the way, I, I think honestly, so many people who are here, um, and I just know my neighborhood alone have served. And you know, we have USA as a client, and 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 so we, 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 I just think that we've been really, really, you know, blessed in some ways to have been associated uh, with that kind of ethos. And you know, it 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 definitely has an impact on you. You can't know people's memories. Um, and not be touched by it. And we're lucky because we get to deal with the memories. So no, this is a, this is it, it, Memorial Day uh, has as its root word memory. And, and I think, I think that I know, I know most of us take it pretty seriously. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, good catching up as always. And uh, we'll talk soon. Congratulations on the site. I'm going to go uh, there first thing in the morning, spend some more time looking for something good. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks to Bruce. And to his point, let's not lose sight of the real meaning of Memorial Day. To date, over 1 million Americans have given their lives during wartime since the Civil War. And on Memorial Day, 260,000 graves at Arlington National Cemetery will be adorned with American flags. This year also marks the 20th anniversary of the National Moment of Remembrance Act, PL 106-579, which in December 2000 created the White House Commission on the National Moment of Remembrance. The commission's charter is to, quote, encourage the people of the United States to give something back to their country, which provides them so much freedom and opportunity, end quote, by encouraging and coordinating commemorations in the United States of Memorial Day and the National Moment of Remembrance. The National Moment of Remembrance encourages all Americans to pause wherever they are at 3 p.m. local time on Memorial Day for a minute of silence to remember and honor those who have died in service to the nation. So this Monday at three o'clock, take a minute with your loved ones to honor all of the 45 million Americans who have served and the more than 1 million who have lost their lives. That's our episode. Thanks again to Bruce, the big chief, for joining me. Thanks to all of our military and their families for their service. Have a fun and safe holiday weekend. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode.